everybody. Welcome back to the Performance Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jared Sinclair. If you've enjoyed the content thus far on the show and you find it valuable, please smash that subscribe button, that like button, or, or follow us and provide us with a review, uh, whatever the case may be. If you're following us on YouTube or checking out these videos on YouTube at Performance Collective, thank you. I'd love to hear from you. So the topics that we discuss on the show are expanding capacity, driving performance, leading change, and anything really to deal with systems, motivation, accountability, communication, knowledge, this concept that I call SMAC. So in upcoming episodes, I'm going to be addressing some of those user-generated questions and comments. So if you do have one, please send us a message uh, via LinkedIn, and we'll put all this information in the show notes, or send me an email directly at jared at sinclairperformance.com. I'm excited today to have our guest, Kara Bedford, the CEO and founder of Infinite Marketing. Kara and her team redefine marketing by harnessing the global talent economy and building world-renowned scalable teams. With executive-level marketing roles in the tech sector for over 10 years, Kara has excelled in building scalable marketing teams that leverage top talent. Her strategic marketing prowess has driven exceptional campaigns for mid to large-sized businesses, startups, and Fortune 500 companies. Kara, welcome to the Performance Collective Podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. So you're out of Canada, is I that am. correct? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah Edmonton, Alberta. Yeah. Okay. Is that I've I've seen, you know, I've been up to Canada before and they, you know, a lot of the, the people are real proud about the the province that they come from, right? So there's like the middle, the left, the right. <laughs> and you see all this, all this, you know, swag with people wearing that stuff. So where are you at up there? Uh, so I'm close to the Rocky Mountains, so I'm okay. in Western Canada. Yep. Yeah, excellent, excellent. So can you talk to our audience just a little bit about kind of what landed you at Infinite Marketing? How did you arrive there? What's your background and what is your team all about? Yeah, sure. So uh, Infinite started um, about eight years ago as an idea um, that took eight years to, to bring it to life. Um, I was working as... Um, the director of marketing for a tech company. Um, and then that tech company ended up being bought by another tech company. And the M&A cycle kind of continued uh, through my career. And I kept getting adopted, <laughs> mm. um, which uh, was a really interesting part of my career because I got to come in um, to these departments um, and uh, disrupt them. In, in full honesty and just completely disrupt kind of what they were doing and how they were looking at talent. And um, I started to get into the global uh, talent economy when I was pregnant with my son. Mm. And there just didn't seem like there were enough hours in the day to get everything done. And I knew I was going to be going on mat leave. And as you know, in Canada, we have a beautiful mat leave here. Sure. Um, and so um work was always a really big part of who I was. And I didn't, I didn't want to lose, um, I didn't want to lose that mental ability of being curious. So um, really dived into, to that uh, economy at that point when um, the CEO at the time, his name was Ryan Vespi said, I think there's a way that, you know, we can really look at leveraging um, this when you get back. So, you know, take a look, uh, you know, dive in, see what you can see, what you can come up with. And, um, you know, it was really it was really interesting because <laughs> they didn't want marketing. They 
they inherited me. I was kind of this like, you know, thorn in the side a little yeah. bit. What do we do with this thing? What do we do with this? Right. Yeah. And yeah. so um, they had been working with an agency for years. They were, you know, happy, quote unquote, happy. Um, and I just kind of looked at it financially and said, I have nothing to lose here. You know, like either you keep me or you don't. Um, but I looked at it financially at what they were spending and what they were getting in return. And I said, you know, if we do decide to go down this talent economy, we could probably save 60 to 70 percent mm. to a 3x output. You would have no risk in human capital and we could see how it goes. Like, would you try it with me? And I have to really give kudos to that leadership team that they said, yeah, let's give it a try. And so that doesn't happen in, in, a, in every business. And I do understand that. So um, really, when I look back on it, I ended up doing R&D for Infinite um, at that point and trying things and, um, you know, seeing what worked and seeing what didn't work and figuring out where the gaps and the holes were um, and really, really fell in love with the way that our talent and uh, the freelance economy and the way that um, we show up and and own up um, into the workplace. And I started to really see the power in it. Yeah. And that's when everything changed for me. Can you tell me a little bit about the services at Infinite Marketing? What do you guys do for your clients? Um, so we offer three pillars of services. One is our fractional talent model bolstered by a fractional CMO. Um, where we come in, we do the strategy. Um, you, may, you probably don't have senior marketing staff on your team, so we can be that full plug and play strategy and then execution department for you um, to be able to facilitate whatever marketing you, needs you have. Uh, those kind of typically will run at a minimum of three months of uh, engagement with us all the way up to um, a year. And so uh, we love coming in and, and kind of being that uh, full scale, you know, service. The next is projects. And usually this is when you have your own marketing team already internally, mm -hmm. and we're going in and we're facilitating specific skill set gaps that you have within your um, current model today. And so we look at that as projects or programs that we would build that would be on a month to month. And then we just kind of funnel down. So we'll say, you know, for example, Let's say it's $10,000 a month worth of projects this month. We just funneled it down based on the asks and the criteria and the needs of the department. And we just do that month over month. And we build out um, a successful, scalable team for your business in the project model. Nice. Uh, the next is brokering. And brokering is one-off, super quick. These are anything under $2,000. You need a quick presentation. You need a logo. You need anything kind of one-off and super fast. Mm -hmm. You can come to us and we will just instantly um, for $150 plug you in right into our system vetted talent and that spins up um, instantly. So once you check out online, you're instantly uh, put to talent that we vetted um, mm -hmm. to get the job done. So this disruption, I mean, the disruption of freelancing, we've talked about it with several former guests on my show. But this freelancing component, do you see that as being more significant, like for up and coming generations? Or is it something that's just shifting in the market? I mean, are there some of those traditional, you know, like, hey, this is the way we've always done it. We're going to continue doing it this way. Or is the whole market shifting? You know, since the beginning of time, work's just been this really rigid structure. Okay. <laughs> it's been dictated by employers. And there's been this 
almost unfair balance since at least I've entered the workplace between employee and employer. And you can see this even in the way that you interview. You have to prove yourself. You're never enough. It stems from so many um, negative connotations before you even start to walk through the door. And so, you know, there's this dictated role that um, has responsibilities, pay pans, everything in between. And I see a shift and I saw this very, very much through COVID and this very huge technology boom that we've been experiencing, that the rise of people's aspirations, um, you know, really evolved. And with that came a new era of the worker. And to me, it is, you know, you hear Deloitte and these big companies talking about the future of work. And um, I just, I really think it's more around the autonomous worker. Yeah. You know, that autonomous worker aspires to have a work life free of restrictions over time, of choice, of locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want, you know, the growth of this di- digital nomad culture. Um, and especially in marketing where we we need to be creative mm-hmm. and we start to restrict, you know, this, especially this discipline, you know, creative talent, marketing talent. And when you move that into a sharing economy, you really have this emphasis on on um, skilling up and and always being curious around what the new skills and the and the new um, you know ideas and the new technology coming down the pipeline. And so um, with that, you have this emphasis around learning and this emphasis around growing and control around that for yourself and the choices that you make. And there's also this emphasis on self care. People not just seeking employment, but really moving into a journey of self-discovery, personal growth, and then, you know, what what is our true purpose? What is our true joy? Yeah. So can you say a little bit more, Kara, about how those restrictions maybe within a traditional corporate, um, you know, marketing department or division, mm-hmm. how do those restrictions affect that creativity and that sharing of ideas and kind of pushing the envelope a little further? Yeah. You know, I... I think in my career, uh, I really struggled with kind of always being put in this box. Um, and I don't know if it um, is just because of where marketing kind of lives in the IT sector, but there was always this box around what marketing is. And and um, this is half the reason of why my business is called Infinite is because I've always believed that you could dream it and do it and and succeed in it and nothing was off the table. Mm-hmm. Um, but the culture of brainstorming and ideating and solutioning, you know, no one has time for that anymore. And that's where the best marketing and the best campaigns and the things that you see and you love out there. I mean, the stories around, you know, the biggest campaigns, just do it, you know, um, Nike, so forth, those big, big brands, they all came from these huge moments in life for that person. And, you know, when we separate work and life and we don't just look at it as, I have 24 hours in a day. You have 24 hours in a day. Mm-hmm. But the choices that we make in that. And, and if we're not employing that choice within ourselves, then how are we expecting to then have that 
within our businesses and having people, you know, be adults. I, I would hear this all the time from management teams, like our people are just not being adults and owning it. And I just mm -hmm. go, well, you're not paving a culture and a choice for them to do that. They're mm -hmm. scared or there's no vulnerability or they're unsafe or, or yeah. all of these things, or, you know, you don't leave room for that piece or that conversation. And so mm -hmm. I think we really, as leaders need to look at ourselves and, and reassess ourselves around how are we creating um, and again back to infinite how are we creating an an ecosystem where um, there's crossover where there's transparency where there's safety um, and where for me predominantly women feel mm -hmm. safe um, they feel safe in a workplace um, we have different demands uh, you know caregiver mothers so forth and the traditional nine to five, I think, especially through COVID, got extremely debunked for us. I mean, the stats through COVID were one in five executive women were leaving their positions. Mm -hmm. And that's just not sustainable. It's just not sustainable in the way that we need to view work. Yeah. So it sounds really like these market forces or these forces that are outside of the control are being influenced by people in the organizations now that want something different. They want more autonomy. They want more freedom of how they're working. The the products that they're bringing to the table and influence within that, right? Well, I, think, I think you find your joy in what you impact, right? Mm -hmm. How are you making an impact to the people that you are with every day? And yeah. why can't we just do good work for good people who want to do great things? Like, yeah. why can't it just be that simple? Sure. And I always question that, you know, you build these teams that you inherit that executives have put together without knowing if any of these people will actually want to work together. You never asked them. You never said, hey, do you guys want to work together? Right. It's just this forced relationship. And, mm -hmm. you know, as a mom, I'm teaching my kid that you don't have to like anyone, everyone. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to be friends with everyone. That it's okay to have boundaries and it's okay to, you know, voice your opinion when you're feeling big feelings. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I just it's so backwards. It's so backwards when I started to look at it and started to debunk. And then you go into the, like the history. Like if you really want to go back, you can start to like look at the history of work and where it came from and, and really all the fundamental pieces of how we view work today. If again, you go way, 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 way back mm -hmm. are from the slavery models. Yeah. And so, um, you know, when does, when do we really start to question the way we work and the way we do things and mm -hmm. with technology growing and moving and evolving, you know, at a, at a pace faster than ever before, I think this is the time. And I didn't want to wait for someone else to do it. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't wait. I couldn't yeah. wait for someone else to say, I'm going to build this place. True. And so I left my job. I had the cushy, beautiful, you know, high level executive marketing job was making great money, you know, office staff team, like the dream. I had the sure. dream you know, great, great CEOs, all of it. And I just, I just could not stay. I couldn't stay. I had, I couldn't unsee what I was seeing. And I just thought I need to build this. And yeah. that's, that's what I need to build. Mm -hmm. if, if that's all I do is I build this ecosystem where people land in a safe space, then to me, that's the biggest impact that I can make. So that being said, Kara, let's uh, let's. I'm going to play the role of a, a vice president of marketing. Sure. You're coming to me with this idea. Yeah. Why? Why are we going to change this old model? 
You know, yeah. how do you how do you propose we do this? I mean, I'm going to lose control because really I need control. I want to control this element and oh, be in charge. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so so how do you convince me? Yeah, somebody of that older model. Like, how do you convince me that it's time to shift to this new model to to assimilate to kind of the direction that the market's going? With these yeah, people? yeah. So um, I would say it's the age it's the age old business uh, try effect, right? You can do things. Uh, cheap, you can do things fast and you can do things with quality, right? And so it's just like you get budget, you get fastness and you get quality. And those are the trifectors in the in the business model age. And I say, you can't have all three, right? Everyone has told you, you can never have all three. You can only have two of those and that's it. Right. And really in this model, in this fractional model, mm -hmm. um, you can't have all three. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, we've created this beautiful success recipe for businesses where we will layer our org chart onto yours. Um, we've built out the success criteria. We built out a proven process. We work within, you know, each other's ecosystems. We become this, this piece of your team. And mm -hmm. it's not, if you have an abundance mindset, it's not you versus me. We're not coming at it with ego. We're saying, how can we help you? Yeah. How can we help you? You, I get it. You're in this model mm -hmm. and absolutely you're comfortable there. I'm not coming to destroy your model, but what I'd love for you to see is the power of this and how amazing it will make you look when you now go to your executive team and you say, we doubled our input saving, you know, 50, 60, 70%. We were able to get things done faster that were on the list and Hey team, like, we were able to pull resources, not just strategically, but also executionally yeah. into our bucket. And really, we become this plug and play scalable marketing department in that model. We also have other models, but in that model where you have an existing team, mm -hmm. all we're doing is trying to figure out how can we make you run better in the yeah. best ways that you um, are able to do what brings you joy. Sure. And so let me that's really important. Yeah. Can I play devil's advocate for a minute just to kind of, I want to dig into that, that a little bit, right? <laughs> so in that same, on that same note, what happens when your freelance team decides to leave or they're not happy or there's some type of conflict? How do I, as the vice president of marketing, maintain control and ensure that my business gets what it needs from a marketing perspective? Well, you're hiring infinite, right? You're, we have this infinite growth pool of talent. And so- mm -hmm. For example, this part of this is matching. We match the right skills, we mental, you know, um, uh, capacity. We really look at that wants it, has capacity. You know, do they have the skill set? Like we're really drilling down, um, almost like a recruiter would around that role and responsibility. Um, we're doing long-term contracts with these freelancers. Our freelance team, most of them, have been working with me since the beginning. Um, our team of talent is now 500 plus. Mm. So we're not this little team of 10 people. We're, you know, 500 plus in the economy and growing every month, uh, growing skills and, and sets. And by the, our, our fiscal is June to June. So by the end of next year, we're going to be in the thousands. Um, we vet the talent for you. We try them in our own ecosystem first. And I think that's the part of it that, um, you know, you're not limited by, by my geography. So sure. a traditional agency who you would then go hire if you did not have the resources would say, okay, I'm in Edmonton. 
I'm going to put out a newspaper ad. I'm going to go on, you know, uh, LinkedIn and Indeed, and I want someone to come in the office and be here. And I only am as good as my current local talent pool. Yeah. And what I'm saying is, no, there is a world of talent if you're brave enough to go and explore it. Mm-hmm. And we have talent that works for some of the big, biggest Fortune 500s that now you have access to as a startup that you would True. never have access to before because mm-hmm. we're doing it on a fractional level. And able to get things done at, again, that super high quality level at a price point that makes sense for you, Mm -hmm. speed that makes sense for that job and what you need. And so um, when I say we work with entrepreneurs to enterprise, we're skilled to do either because we have those different levels of talent with those different experiences that now really dig into the industry. Again, back to the agency model. So they hire Bob and Bob is the one on your account. Well, Bob's only worked with, again, those businesses that Bob has had access to. Whereas in the freelance model, they work for the businesses of Infinite and who else that they decide that they want to work for and who else and who else. And they're getting this huge, you know, advanced learning at a speed that, you know, we just cannot replicate by Mm -hmm being in a local market. And so when we start to think global, we actually make our local businesses better. And I think that's a really big, a big point when we can start to think about this global movement for talent and knowledge and learning Mm -hmm. because the diversity of skill set just makes you better. Yeah. You know, it reminds me if I could draw an analogy or metaphor on that, you know, down here in the States with major league baseball, right? We have all these free agents, these big dollar players that are making hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, for their contracts, but within the league, they're borrowing and taking these players. So they can, you know, it's, it's kind of a similar, a similar setup. It's a bench. We, we, I'm Canadian. So I use, I use hockey all the time. I'm Uh like, okay, what's your bench, your bench A and your bench B and who's going to be going out on the game day and who's going to be. And we really look at it very similarly when we're building you your bench strength Mm -hmm. and what do you need to pull this month? And then what do you need to not pull next month? So you're not just having someone sitting there, what what can I do next? I yeah. I hated that. I hated walking into a marketing department and you would have this full-time whatever skill that you've hired, but you only use them for six months out of the year. And right. they could be doing something else and making more money and learning and growing. And so, yeah. um, you know, again, creative talent and marketing talent is flex and it should be flex. And mm-hmm. um when you are really knee deep in a campaign and you need to pull 20 people together, you should be able to do that. And so again, it's this expandable and scalable budget or scale down budget uh, people and resources with what's coming down the pipeline being really outcome centric and intentional Mm -hmm. about what we're going to deliver. And, and I mean, the results speak for themselves and um, our clients are extremely happy. Um, we, we've been really lucky. I I've only been doing this now, um, for the last, uh, uh, 16 months, 16 months now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're still a, a brand new company, but sure. you know, we hit our one year goal quite quickly out of the gate. Uh, our 10 year goal that I originally wrote in my journal is forecasted for this year. Like we're, we're growing exponentially and, and, and building more and more and more teams. But the foundational yeah. recipe stays the same right. around how do we build a commitment to our talent and to our clients 
mm-hmm. that generate really high quality outcome results that everyone feels like they made an impact to, whether right. that's our team or your team, or yeah. as we say it, the team, because there really is no us and you, it's just mm-hmm. the team. Yeah. I like that model because it seems to be aligned with some of the underpinnings of like human motivation, right? Like choice, yeah. autonomy, purpose, uh, value, expectations, you know, all of these things that kind of underpin um, people's performance. That being said, um, how, uh, if at all, do you motivate your teams or do you have to? Are these typically self-starters? Oh, I love this question. So um, I truly believe that genius lives at infinite um, and that we work with some of the best talent in the whole world. Mm -hmm. And um, I can say that because we're going to the entire world looking for talent all the time. Um, And our bench is constantly evolving and changing based on where people are in their lives. And I think this is where people get stuck as they go, I have so much to offer, but I can only offer five hours a week. Mm-hmm. And we go, great, we're the place for you. Oh, I have so much to offer, but I'm working this other job, but I'm not really you know, feeling very stretched. I've got another 10 hours at night that, you know, nights and weekends that I could give you. Mm-hmm. Awesome. We're yeah. the place for you. Right. And then we have the other side, right? I want to give you 40 hours a week. Right. Sure. I want to give you 60 hours a week. And we go, ah, oh, you know, work-life balance. Hey, let's let's talk about that. <laughs> sure. Good boundaries and let's make sure that everyone's happy. If that makes you happy, great. I'm not going to stand in your way, but let's make really sure that an 80-hour work week is really what you want, right? Yeah. So we we take a look around um around what is going to bring that inspiration. Um to our people, uh, mm-hmm. how we're going to bring opportunity. Um, there's no skill set right now off the table. Um, you know, we, this model around, if you think about this, it's not something new. I mean, doctors and lawyers have been doing it for ages. Right? Sure. So mm-hmm. they have an umbrella brand and everybody works under it. Right. And they're better together. They're mm-hmm. bigger together. They can yeah. They can expand knowledge and networks and all of that together. Yeah, This is exactly very similar in the same vein. And I think when you put good people from around the world, because again, we are all remote and there's no barriers to success, Mm -hmm. start to really build out this truth economy. And this is something I've been digging into as we've been building the business in, in a bigger way is, you know, how are we transparent? How are we living our truth? How are you living your truth? How are we truthful to each other in the partnership? Um, in a traditional business, you get your like one year review and you're like, yeah, I got my one year review and you wait right. all year for the one year review. Um, in this, in this aspect, you know, we're, we're talking about our partnership mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. You know, there's no, um, hidden anything, you sure. know, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But at the end of the day, the people at Infinite, we treat them like adults. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we treat yeah. them like how we want to be treated. And, sure. um, and you know, that comes back to us mm-hmm. in, in full fold. And, you know, I just, I think this idea around like how we build in truth and transparency um is is that support system for the autonomous worker because again when you're performing at that really high level it could get lonely sure and so 
we're building that ecosystem of support and trust so that it doesn't feel like that for them. And I think, you know, freelancing is very singular, but when you put it together in a system like mine, it now really feels like we can scale and grow together. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like the way that structure is, you know, it reminds me a lot of like some of the big defense contractors here in the United States also do a bench where they have these kind of plug and play skill sets yeah. um, where people can move around if there's not a match between the client, whatever the case yeah. may be. So I like it. Let's pivot real quick. I want to talk a little bit about leadership. Sure. Um, and what is, what is the greatest leadership skill that somebody can possess? Listening. I think we talk too much as people in leadership roles. Um, I think this is a skill, by the way, that I am 100% not perfect at. And I am aware that I am not. And it is my own journey and learning and growth. Um, but I, I learn more when I listen. Mm -hmm. And... Um, when I listen and I listen really with intention, the business becomes clearer and my, how I'm going to help that person becomes so much clearer. Mm -hmm. And I would guess I would say that as a leader, when you're feeling stuck or unmotivated, or you don't know what to do next, um, that your team holds all those answers if you're just willing to listen. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just, I really don't think we do that enough. Um, as leaders. And I think when we think we're doing it enough, that's also a sign that we, that we might, we might not be doing it enough. Right. So it's like this constantly evolving journey of like, I actually ask myself, this is like, who did I listen to this week? Mm. And I'm checking in with myself every week. Who did I listen to? Who did I really sit there and fully listen and support uh, and some weeks are better than others. Like I'm human, just like everyone else. Sure. Um, but I think when we embody, um, and these are the, the three key traits that I look for when I'm looking for people is authentic, inspiring, and innovative. Mm -hmm. um, and if we listen with that as well, we listen for authenticity. We listen for moments of inspiration. We listen for moments of innovation. Um, now all of a sudden as a leader, you can support that and yeah. you can you can see people's humanness mm -hmm. and that that place of honesty without pretense. Yeah. Um I, I think that is more important in the autonomous worker than ever before. I want to have real conversations with people. Life is too short to not. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I I try to surround myself with people that that are real. And so, you know, what does that mean for you? And maybe you're on your own journey, figuring that out. And I want to be there to listen and support that. Yeah. So it sounds like with, with that, you know, the listening, right? Like the number one thing a leader can do is listen. It sounds like there's a piece of humility there that has to come with it. I because think it's ego, right? there's vulnerability there. Yeah. Right. So, but, but, you know, to a, your previous point earlier on in our discussion today, you talked a lot about there's experts within our organizations. Mm -hmm. We just basically, if I were to sum it up, is just set them loose and let them work. Yeah. Get right? out of their way. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I think some of that is is ego, like you just said. And yeah. I think some of that is being humble enough to be confronted with the reality of it and then working with that reality moving forward. 
Yeah. And I think there's a really big point here. Like I said, I feel genius lives here, but to be a genius, you have to constantly be learning. You have to be curious enough to want to be, you know, the best in your field and your skill set and your craft. And that takes discipline and habits and, you know, what makes somebody that, you know, takes time and skill set and training. I mean, you're not going to learn a guitar, how to play the guitar overnight, right? Like it takes practice and, and constant involvement and learning from others and, and getting out there and going on your first stage and bombing yeah. it. And, <laughs> you know, like all of those things that are part of the journey are actually what make work beautiful. Yeah. And I don't think we spend enough time as leaders looking at it from that angle. We're mm -hmm. so quick to fix, but yeah. instead just be like, wow, what did we learn? Mm -hmm. Wow. When I listened to Katie last week, I learned this <laughs> or, you know, when I sat with this client and they were telling me about this, I learned, I learned this about them. Yeah. And now again, we're just, we're going at it with this abundance mindset of essence rather than ego. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that essence rather than ego. Mm -hmm. What is the most difficult thing about what you do? Hmm. Okay. So, and I don't want to. I don't want to leave this like categorized oh, as like oh, this founder, is CEO, marketing extraordinaire. Oh, um, yeah. You know I mean, like all the hats that you wear. Yeah. So go wherever you want with that question. Um, being authentic to myself and my own joy. Mm -hmm. So it's so easy to um, deprioritize my own, but yet I'm telling all these people that they need to prioritize theirs, and so. Um, I've been really, especially in the last, I would say from February on this year, I have been so intentional with my schedule and where I'm setting aside time for myself and how I'm showing up. Um, I don't work 80 hours a week. I, I just don't. I refuse yeah. to. And so um, I take Thursday afternoons off. <laughs> like I have a kid that is half days because he's still little and mm -hmm. I go and we play you know, at the park or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's my time with him. And so I think, again, back to the autonomous worker is learning how to facilitate what what that work schedule and joy and, and peace is. And it's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy at all. You yeah. know, um, I have this 80-20 rule and I'm just going to quickly let you know about it. But I feel like in, in our work days, um, we have 100%, of course, of the pie of what we do. And really, 20% is what we're really, really good at. And then the mm -hmm. other 80% is kind of like things that we're sort of okay at, but maybe we're not the best at. We can do it, but it doesn't bring us this joy. Yeah. And we need to really flip that. We need to be working in that 20% model 80% of the time mm -hmm. and then flipping that because there's things that you just got to do. There's some sure. work or whatever that you're never going to be happy doing, but you just got to do it. But moving yeah. that in more into the 20% bucket um, and, and checking in with yourself that that is where you are at and that you're putting in habitual practices to get mm -hmm. yourself there yeah. and what that plan is going to be. And so, like I said earlier this year, I made a very big commitment and plan to do that big switch around that 80-20 yeah. rule for myself. And um, I think that's been that's been the hardest lift because you're learning new skills, um, but also it makes me a better leader. Yeah. 
So I like I like that 80-20 rule because what it does, it, it builds margin, right? And what we're talking about is margin because we all have the same amount of time. I think right. we've talked about that, right? 24 hours in a day, nothing changes. You know, unless you're in a parallel universe, you have 24 hours in a day. Yeah. And it really depends on what we do with that 24 hours. Some people are super busy and if they work themselves to death, they have no margin. So what happens when you need to put that additional energy mm -hmm. into something? And typically it's not a function of time because we all have the same amount of time. It's a function of energy. Yep. So I, I like that. I, and I like the fact that you build in that margin with the 80-20 rule too. Yeah. What advice would you give your younger self? Hmm. Oh man. Kara Younger needed some patience. She, um, if I could tell her all the things that have changed for me starting Infinite um, and how wonderful of a community we're building and how supportive I feel and how unjailed I feel. I used to always feel like, man, I feel so jailed at work. Why do I feel that way? Mm -hmm. um, and maybe that's just because I've, you know, universe or whatever you believe in, you know, I, I was meant to, to build this. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I, I needed some patience. I needed to go through that journey of some failures and some successes and learning where my skill set lied, but I wanted it yesterday. Uh, and I've always been that way. I'm always 20 steps ahead in the future. My head's always been that way. And, you know, I can see, I can, I can see this 10 year, 20 year path. And so, um, and that, and that's a gift and a curse in itself. Right. So, uh, patience, <laughs> Hey, Hey, younger Kara patience, you're going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, they say highly driven people are never settled. Like, and, and some people just don't get it and that's okay. There's other people, there's people with other dispositions, but I'm similar in the fact that I, I will probably never be settled. Yeah, because I am so incredibly driven and it's OK, because, you know, one of the things that I need to be aware of in that sense is that other people are not OK with that. Yeah. Other people are OK, okay with the steady, mm -hmm. and with the slow. And when I hit the goal, like that's it, I'm not going any further. But that's OK. Mm -hmm. right? So I think I think patience kind of plays into that, you know, being patient, not only with yourself, but not everything has to happen today. Yeah. Or yeah. like you, I hear that and I go like, what does settled mean? Yeah. Like what, why is your version of settled or someone else's version of settled? Like what, what does it mean to you? It's like success. I hate that mm. word. Yeah. I used it today and I want it to <laughs> not, but like everyone has a different, um, you know, version of what success means to them. And mm -hmm. this is why I don't use that word very often. I use joy because it's so much easier to talk to people about like what brings you joy at mm -hmm. that fundamental, you know, child within ourselves level. Yeah. And it is to say, you know, what, what, what would make you successful? Right. Mm -hmm. And, and it's so funny. That's like one of the basic interview questions when you go into like start a job is like, what would make this job successful for you? And mm -hmm. like, it's just, it's just vomit. Like it's not true. It's not yeah. like, how do you unlock people's true answers by ans asking a question like that? Yeah. So it's just, to me, I'm, I'm thinking about what is that fundamental joy for someone? And so when I hear you say like, what to settle, I, I don't feel settled. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'd unpack that. What does settled mean to me? Yeah. You know, how, how can I have a different level of settle that I'm okay with? Or, mm -hmm. you know, what does that start to look like? And and asking those questions and being curious about that 
within ourselves, again, makes us show up so much better for others. And that's what work is. At the end of the day, you are showing up for somebody else in a capacity that they're paying you for. And so Mm -hmm. why not be the best version of yourself that you can be when you show up for that? And the only way to do that is digging in, being curious, questioning, and then having a system of support around you that is honest and will help you to that goal because you can't do it alone. And right. I think I think that's where the freelance economy for me was the biggest gap is I was working with all these freelancers. But when we would all get in a Zoom room together, we'd all feel so great, yeah. you know, and right. and there there's a there's a team aspect that people just need and you don't need it all the time. Mm-hmm. But we are we are those pack creatures, right? And so um, when we start to think about how we're building those communities, whether you want to call yourself a worker, a freelancer, a gig economer, a consultant, I I don't care what you call it. If Mm -hmm. you're going to do it by yourself, it's going to be a really lonely journey. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So so much value in that. You can't do anything great by yourself. I mean, so much value in that comment. So Kara, what, uh, what books or podcasts are you currently listening to? Or what's your favorite one? I keep coming back to a book um, recently that I read years ago, and I, I think I actually mentioned this on a couple other podcasts, and I, I don't mean to keep picking it up, but it's one that I keep picking up. So if you are in marketing, I highly recommend um, Karen Hayward's book, which is Stop Random Acts of Marketing. Mm. Um, it's just one that has so many great frameworks in there that as a creative talent, you sometimes need to put that creative energy in a framework. and mm. Um, or else it kind of just like spitfires everywhere. And so having some of those frameworks and again, back to like building habitual practices, um, I think that book really helps, um, do that for, for me at least. Um, especially when right now, I think a lot of companies from an an economic perspective, you know, they're coming to marketers and they're saying, what's the ROI? Like they're coming Mm -hmm. to you and they're like, yeah, I want marketing. Show me the ROI. Right. And, um, you know, when we become really data centric in how we are performing marketing, we can, Mm -hmm. it's, it's when, when we're not being intentional and we're doing these random marketing pieces that we can't show ROI. Mm -hmm. And that's a really big, um, theme in this book. And I think that's something that, um, yeah, that might happen. Um, so podcasts that I'm listening to. Uh, I listen to the Mel Robbins podcast. Uh, you know, she's a huge influencer for for just feeling good about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for me, um, another really big one for me is the mm-hmm. Business of Life podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been really enjoying that one recently. Uh, again, two female entrepreneurs. And so, um, yeah, just been really enjoying that one recently. Kara, where can people find you on Infinite Marketing? Oh, thanks. Um, so for me, if you're looking to expand capabilities, you want to realize your vision, you want to unlock growth potential, uh, whether that means you are again, back in that, uh, talent economy or talent model with either being a fractional person or a, um, freelancer, I'd love to hear from you. If you're a business that wants some help, I'd love to hear from you. Um, basically I can provide incredible marketing talent that can really help you unlock that vision of your business. And um, you can find me at infinitemarketing.ca. 
Excellent. And for those not watching on YouTube at our YouTube channel at Performance Collective, I've got a QR code on the screen and I will put that information in the show notes. Also, in upcoming episodes, I am going to be fielding some questions from our viewers, questions that have come up uh, via the various sources, whether it's on LinkedIn, on social media, uh, YouTube, or directly through our podcast platforms. So stay tuned for that. I'd love to hear your questions. If you have questions, please send them directly to me, podcast at SinclairPerformance.com. Kara, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. I love your insights from from kind of a wholeness uh, engagement, um, you know, drawing on the strengths of your people perspective and uh, the 80-20 rule. Um, <laughs> super valuable stuff. So thanks so much for coming on the show today. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us today. Please subscribe to our show now and join us as we continue to discuss topics that will help you and your teams expand capacity, drive performance, and lead change. Check out our show on YouTube at Performance Collective. To learn more about business performance improvement solutions for the private, public, government, and nonprofit sectors, head on over to SinclairPerformance.com. You can connect with us there.